Welcome. This is Corinne Modokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. So for those who know me, one of my favorite things are words, whether they're the spoken word, listening to words, Kelly Roberts and her words on art, my coffee mugs with words, the signs I have around my house with words, or the t-shirts that I love to wear with words. So if you know me, you know I love to wear t-shirts. And (laughs) one of my favorite shirts that a client got for me and now has become a client favorite and my clients are getting them for each other or as gifts for their family members is this one shirt that I have that says, Shit Show Supervisor. (laughs) When I was in New York last December, I got stopped so many times because people loved it. And recently I was down in Manhattan beach and I was with a friend of mine and he was talking about the shirt. He's like, all these women, they just kept pointing at you and going, Oh my God, I love that shirt. People would see me and they'd be like, I love that shirt. So yes, I am a shit show supervisor. And here you go, my friend, you can live an amazing life and there can be shit shows everywhere. And it's that ability to hold both in a day, in a space, in a week, in a month, because that's really the truth about adulting. We get fed this crock of bullshit of, oh, once you are good enough, once you achieve, once you make so much money, once you have a certain title, you live in the promised land and there are no more problems. And that, my friend, is a bunch of bullshit. So (laughs) shit show supervisor, here I am. And there are parts of my life that are truly amazing And I'm really proud of what I was able to create from that little girl who believed she was a loser from Loser Street, right? And this life that I have. So it's all of it. It's the beauty. It's the messes. It's all of it. So I'm going to start out by sharing a story of something that occurred a few weeks ago as we go into talking about burnout. So a few weeks ago, I had my day planned and I was with somebody who has some really interesting energy. And I'm able to be around a lot of people with a lot of different energy. It's a skill set. It's a practice I've been able to develop over the years through the work that I do, like with the Aqua Monsters, where it's a community and grassroots program. There are a lot of different people that I work with. And I also have a value of working, being inclusive with the life theme song of, for those of you that remember Cheers, a place where you go where everybody's all the same, where people know your name, right? Something about belonging and allowing different people with different backgrounds, social economics, different races, different genders, different sexualities. So all of it, right? Like inclusivity is something that's really important. So I'm used to dealing with lots of different energy and lots of different shit shows. I've really built up that resilience. But I have this person that is in my life who has some interesting energy. And what I notice that when I'm around her, I tend to, it's a lot and it can be a bit draining for me. So knowing this, start out my day, and this isn't a client of mine with my clients, they can, 
I see them get really mad and sad and angry and hurt and all those emotions. And it's not a problem. I go into that. And maybe for this relationship, the reason it's different is that this is actually somebody that is in my life, right? It's not me going and being of service for somebody else. So the reason that this is important is around this person. So I'm already noticing and I, and I know that I'll get a bit wired up. And then as the day goes on and I leave her, I get my emails and then there's some, you know, meetings that are going to be coming up that dial up some more vulnerability and possibly anxiety. And I can dress rehearse tragedy with the best of them, even when though I know it's not helpful. So stress is starting to come in, there's anxiety, and I haven't taken care of myself. And I go home and I tell my husband about just like this shit show and that shit show and this shit show. And then I look at him and I say, it's 11 o'clock and I haven't eaten yet. I need to go eat before I do anything else. And I'm stressed and I'm about to be on the brinks of overwhelm, but I'm not even aware of it. And from this point, (laughs) he then says, well, we have that steak and it's about to go bad. And I had just gotten this air fryer, which, oh my gosh, has brought me back into the kitchen. You all, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've actually skipped going out to dinner to stay home to cook, which I haven't done since before COVID. So all of a sudden I take it upon myself that I won't eat my breakfast. I will just go ahead and make the steak. And then of course, because I'm so stressed out and now going into overwhelm, I decide that I should, the woman who has banned should from a vocabulary for what, 12 years now, I should get those sweet potatoes and slice those up and make sweet potato chips. And we'll have that for lunch. This was nobody telling me what to do. He brought up a problem. When I'm in this place of stress and anxiety, I go into over-functioning, especially when others are involved. And I'm continuing and continuing, continuing, and I get into a place of overwhelm and I'm trying to slice this potato and I'm slicing it and I have a mandolin (laughs) and I'm slicing it and it's getting stuck. And, you know, I'm like, what's going on? And I have so much stuff to do and I'm behind and I'm slicing it and it's just not working. And finally, I have enough sense to go, there's, I don't know, about two centimeters left of this potato. I can't figure out how to work the grip thing so that I don't slice my finger. So I'm just going to compost the rest of this potato. I give myself some grace. It's okay that not every morsel is going to be used and, but I'm composting it and I'm okay. So then I get the next sweet potato and I start slicing it through and it's starting to work and I'm starting to go fast and I'm going faster. And then because I'm in the zone of sweet potato slicing, I go back to the problems earlier in the morning. And I start thinking about the problems and the people and the problems and the people and the problems and the people and the problems and the, Oh, there goes my finger, not my whole finger, but, but the side of my pinky and it's bleeding. But of course I'm still like, Oh, it will stop bleeding and I can get back to (laughs) slicing this potato. And it's not stopping. And I'm thinking, oh, do I need to go to the doctors? No, it'll stop bleeding and it'll be okay. And I'm trying to see it. I can't stop and see it. And I'm really good at over-functioning in a crisis. Really, really good. That's probably why I'm a shit show supervisor. So I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm not good at asking for help. And so 
I finally decide I need to call the doctors to see if I can get an appointment and also to be efficient, jump in the car and drive to urgent care. Not ask my husband to drive me to urgent care, but I will take myself. (laughs) So I go and do this. It's 90 minutes of bleeding and they can't, there's nothing to, I thought they could glue it. There was nothing to glue because I sliced off part of it off, right? And it's bleeding and I'm sitting there going, I didn't have time for this. What's the lesson in this? And I have tears coming out of my eyes, going down my face. And I got to sit in that room for a bit of time. And there are further shit shows just to even get into the room. But I got to sit in that room as we worked on trying to get the finger to stop bleeding. And I had time to slow down. And I realized I was feeling overwhelmed. Now, from that time that when I woke up and left the house at 7 or 7.30 that morning until what at this point, it's about one o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't notice what I was feeling. I knew that there was stress and I knew that there were problems and I knew I was getting agitated. And for somebody who practices emotional intelligence and, you know, understanding my feelings, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to get through the day and I just noticed that there was these irritants going on. And then because instead of stopping, (laughs) I kept doing more instead of feeding myself what I was planning on making at the suggestion of my husband of we might have this problem with the steak, I decided to take it upon me to solve it and cook it and then add sweet potato chips to it. Not a problem that was mine to solve, but I took it on. I cut off part of my finger. So I got my stopping, but not until I got into urgent care. And the key learning that I've had from that incident is what I've learned from Brene Brown in her latest book, Atlas of the Heart, where she talks about overwhelm. And I've understood this concept, but I've really got the lesson (laughs) now with my bones or off the tip of my finger. But she talks about overwhelm as being feeling stressed and feeling overwhelmed seem to be related to our perception of how we are coping with our current situation and our ability to handle the accompanying emotions. So an extreme level of stress and emotional and or cognitive, cognitive is our brain, it's our thinking, intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. That's where I was and I didn't even realize it, right? I wasn't coping, I wasn't really handling stuff and I just kept adding more and more to my plate and getting more and more overwhelmed and much less hopeful. I was becoming more and more hopeless. One way to think about this, and she writes about this in the book, is on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling my emotions at about a 10, which I could say, like I knew I was stressed. I knew I was agitated. I was on edge. I could feel it. I'm paying attention to them at about a five. That is true. I remember getting up from my seat and telling my husband, I'm really stressed. This is all a lot. I need to eat. And I understand them at about a two because then I jump in. I kept jumping in and out of consciousness. I was like, no, I need to go do this. I was reactive. Oh, I'll, I'll cook the steak. Oh, I'll make the sweet potato chips. Oh, I need to throw away some of the sweet potatoes so that I don't cut off my finger. Oh, it's going now. I don't have to think. I don't have to be conscious. Oh, there goes my finger. In the big lesson that I learned from all of this is that when we are overwhelmed, it is time to stop 
And so after that, I came back to my husband. I said, next time you see when I'm so stressed and overwhelmed, if I'm not able to see that I need to stop, please help me and help me stop. That is not the time for me to do more or to take on other tasks. It is better for me to, in essence, right now, as I think about this, give myself my own time out. That is what's really important. Giving ourselves our time out. What is it that we need? And what's the least risky thing to do? Being stressed, being overwhelmed, being in an anxious state is not the time to be going near mandolin. Some of you all may be thinking, Corinne, you should never go near mandolin. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Until I can figure out how to make the sweet potato chips <laughs> and have it sliced neatly without a mandolin, because I'm not very good with knives, I'm using the mandolin. I won't use the mandolin until I get one of those ironclad gloves at this point. So I have not used it since then, but I plan to because I don't want it to be an all or nothing. I want it to be a different option from either using it or not using it to how about a different option to protect me. So one would be having one of those steel gloves and the other is the rule of I can only use the mandolin, but I have to be 100% there. And if I'm not 100% present, then I don't use it. The sweet potato doesn't have to be cooked. So my big lesson with overwhelm has been when I'm feeling overwhelmed, that's when I need to stop. The people who are on my team, whether it's my husband, friends, colleagues, my employees, if they see me in a place of overwhelm, I'm learning how to ask them to help me see what I may not be able to see. And when I get riled like that, when I haven't taken care of myself, when I haven't eaten, when I haven't stopped, when I, when I feel like there's too much and I must get it all done, I need to really check and stop and take inventory of what really needs to get done. What truly is the priority in that moment? I'm able to do this for my clients and I can do this for myself. And there are times that I cannot. And one of the things for all of us to remember is we aren't meant to go through this life alone. And there are times when our emotions get so wrangled and we get so attached and so driven. And for those of us that are really good at over-functioning, because that has been our survival skill, we can then end up hurting ourselves. I had a client do this with a pair of scissors recently. You know, she was so stressed out, sleep deprived, and she wound up, she cut her scissors towards her and then hurt herself. Like she resonated with my mandolin story. We do this. We are smart. We are intelligent. We are educated people. We do a lot. People would consider strong and capable. And at times we do too much and then we hurt ourselves. So yes, I'm the shit. So supervisor and yes, I've been learning and practicing emotional intelligence and an awareness of emotions for a really long time now. And I can miss it. There's a quote that Brene has that I use all the time, and it's that own your story and love yourself. And that's the bravest thing we can do. And so I can sit here and share this with you where I was laughing with myself about part of this. You know, I've had tears about it, but the beauty in all of this is that I didn't have shame. I realized that there was a, (laughs) a lesson an awakening and awareness that was created. I wish it didn't happen with my finger because that's been, you know, on the healing process and it's been painful. 
been, I guess, in that sense, an expensive lesson for me, right? An expensive just in the the cost of my time and my energy and how I have to now take care of my finger as it's working on healing and it's gotten so much better. But it's been a valuable lesson. And so while that day, I don't remember how the rest of the day went. And I remember, you know, there was the bleeding and there was the pain. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I did this. I didn't beat myself up or say, Corinne, you should know better when you have overwhelm, when you're feeling overwhelmed, you stop. It is a great reminder and one that I hope that I remember and I continue to remember. And that's my invitation for you. So notice, get to know when you are feeling overwhelmed. And remember, overwhelmed means an extreme level of stress. It's an emotional or cognitive thinking intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. And stop, even if it means you stop for 30 seconds and take three breaths. We can wait typically three breaths. Not if you're crossing the street and there's traffic, right? You can't stop there. Make sure you're in a safe place. We need to have the context there, but stop. This may be an opportunity for you to stop. Take care, right? One of the things that Brene talks about in Atlas is about John Kabat-Zinn, and he suggests that mindful play or no agenda and non-doing time is the cure for overwhelm. I've had clients want to walk in and talk with their CEOs and try to change things because they were in this place of overwhelmed and they really believed it was only them that could get this impactful thing happened, right? My invitation for them was to go home early that day. And you might think, but how does that work? You work with high achievers, Corinne, how do they go home? When we're so exhausted, when we're so overwhelmed, we aren't actually functioning really well. And I learned this lesson a long time ago when I was sick. I used to be one of those people that I would deny I was sick and I would stay awake until, you know, midnight working at my desk and saying, see, I work really hard. I work really hard. And, and then a few days later when I got healthier or a week later when I was healthier, I'd look back and I would look at what did I do and realize that, yeah, I worked until midnight and yes, I may have put in a 14 hour day or 15 hour day. But all of that stuff really would take normally much less than that. Maybe that 7 p.m. till midnight was something that I would normally get done in 45 minutes. But because I was ill, it took a lot longer. And I learned that. And so now I know when I'm ill, that is time to rest and recover, (laughs) not time to push through. Granted, there are certain deadlines that you must make sure I follow through on. But having the discernment to see what truly is a priority and what is not. Just like in overwhelm, that is my new lesson of 2022, is did I really need to be making the steak and the sweet potato chips? And the answer, my friend, is no. So since this went on much longer, I'm going to circle back next week to talking about burnout, because I did a podcast episode some years ago about burnout. And here's what I'm here to tell you. I was wrong. And burnout is for real. So stay tuned for next week when I talk about burnout. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts 
in television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.